0: Well, Merry Christmas. You know what? This is the Christmas season, right? I mean, we start right after Thanksgiving and we we get this thing ramped up and we start going where we start celebrating. Well, actually what we celebrate is gift buying and food and gaining weight and figuring out how we're gonna try to lose it at the beginning of the new year, right? That's really the Christmas season for a lot of people. What we really wanna focus on especially today, right here, right now, is what does it mean to know him? What does it mean to receive from him? Life. Life. One word. It looks something like this. We start going through our daily rituals and we begin to get a little bit of angst about something. And so we we pick up some junk, right? Right? And we're holding on to it a little bit, but we can still maneuver and manage, and and so we keep going. and And yet, there's some other things that sort of get to us, and so we well, we pick up a little more stuff. and But we're still moving with our stuff in life, and we're we're doing okay, and we're managing, and we we might even summarize that we still have some joy, and and so we keep walking and talking and holding, and and then we pick up some more stuff and and some more stuff, and and all of a sudden. In life, we're walking around and we're trying to figure out why we're just really not all that happy. You know what I mean? How did this come about where I feel so burdened and I, and in the midst of holding this, you come to a church service and the pastor starts preaching about receiving joy. That we have a God who just gives this gift of joy and you're like, I have no clue how to grab that. I'm holding on to some other stuff and it's kind of in the way right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Here's the message today. It starts out simply this. We're going to have to put the junk down in order to receive the gift of joy. That's a part of the secret we're going to start with today. As we look at how do we receive joy, we're going to need to keep thinking, what's the junk I have to set down? Because joy is often squelched by too many things in our arms receiving joy as we look today at a christmas passage one that we all know really well as we look at this passage we're going to be trying to figure this simple thing out how can i receive joy from the almighty how can i go about receiving joy from him You know, the ushers are going to be coming forward as we start to go through Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. Uh, We're going to just be going verse by verse through this. So if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand and the ushers would love to get a Bible to you. Just raise your hand and they'll get a Bible to you. It might take a little bit with uh, all the people we have here, but just keep your hand raised. We'll get one to you, all right? We're going to be going through Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. We're simply answering this question, how can I receive joy as I sit at his feet? How can I receive joy as I sit at his feet? First point, trust the one who has it all under control. Trust the one who has it all under control. Joy starts with God Almighty and a relationship with him. Let's just start out in Luke chapter 2, verse 1. and We'll just kind of move through uh, first seven verses here. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Caesar Augustus, this man over much, this man who reigned and ruled over a very large kingdom, thought to himself, I would like to know how large my kingdom is. That's what it's about, right? I kind of want to know how much I own. Let's get some numbers that reflect my power and my position. As a matter of fact, get everybody back to their hometowns. And let's start doing some counting. Caesar Augustus, kind of a wild plan. You know, right around this time, they started doing a census about every 14 years where they began to send people back home and do some big counts. Why? Because it became very important for them to understand the size of their kingdom, mostly for pride's sake. But they wanted to know why. Now, as Caesar Augustus says, the world should be registered. Notice he says in verse 2 here, this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. Bummer. Can you imagine? The guy stands up and says, I think I want to take a census. And they're like, okay, well, that sounds great. So maybe we should have everybody go down to the local YMCA and register wherever they're at, right? No, make everybody start traveling all over the place. That's the plan. Send everybody home. Why home? What was home? Well, A bunch of studies were done. And one of the things they found out was that you typically went where you owned property. That was a typical. Okay. So there's a good possibility that Joseph had a little piece of property in Bethlehem. And at that moment, I think he was probably wishing he had sold it. Do you know what I'm saying? But he's sitting there with a piece of property, most likely that sent him back towards the city of David. So when he says, everybody go to your own hometown, he's on a path. He's on an adventure and all went to be registered, each to his own town. Verse 4, and Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He was leaving from Nazareth of Galilee. You know, in John chapter 1, Nathanael says, what good could come from Nazareth? Remember? He's actually alluding to The fact that Nazareth is kind of a little loser town, if you will. There's nothing in scripture about Nazareth. There's nothing great about that place. What good could come from there? I mean, come on. When we were being born and raised, how many of us had a town locally where you'd think, what good could come from there? That's what he's talking about. Okay? And so when it says Joseph is leaving from this little town That wasn't really mentioned. And he's going to. Bethlehem. In that moment, as you're reading, that's the way it would be read if you were a good Jew. He was leaving from Galilee, from Nazareth. And he was going to Bethlehem. The city of David. Oh, there's been prophecy about that town. Oh, we've heard that name before. Let me tell you something. Bethlehem. It means the house of bread. It means God is providing for this place. That's really the significance. This is the house of bread. This is the place where our God has touched us with full provision and we are not in need. Bethlehem. That's where he's going back to. David, on his way to Bethlehem. Why? Why? Because he was of the house and lineage of David. Because he has relationship there. He has probably property there. He has connections to the lineage of the very one who will breed the Messiah. The city of David. The lineage of David. The lineage of the Messiah. Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says, O Bethlehem. There will be a great ruler that is going to come from you. Prophecy, fulfillment, lineage, hope, provision. That is where Joseph is on his way to. It says, verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. They're not married yet. Betrothed. Remember, we looked last week at the fact that they were in a time of pledged to marriage, committed, much like our engagement, except a lot more serious. They had not married yet. They were still betrothed. And she was with child. And in that moment, you would go, well, how could that have possibly happened? That's what we looked at last week, that this child is from God Almighty, from the Holy Spirit. Joseph is now traveling with his betrothed, who is with child from the Almighty. They are on their way to Bethlehem because of some ridiculous senses. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? That the arrogance of an earthly reigning one is moving the almighty reigning one to the place that he should be. Kind of wild how God works, isn't it? That in the midst of stirring the arrogance of some human being the very prophecies of scripture are being fulfilled god placing himself right at the city of david as prophesied he says and while they were there the time came to give birth bummer right i mean can you imagine come on the discomfort the traveling the you've got to be kidding me We are how many miles from home? We've been walking for days. My wife is eight months pregnant. She's, I don't even know. Yes, this is the child of the living God. God is salvation. Can you just wait a little bit? No. It's time for the birth. And while they were there, the time gave to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. God's prophecy fulfilled. As Joseph was told in a dream, you will have a son. And they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. You know, something to ponder just for a second. It hit me this week. He went to Bethlehem because this is the lineage of David, right? And so he's of the lineage of David. And many, 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 many others there are from the lineage of David, right? And so they're somehow related. But there was no room for them What kind of relatives are these Right, I mean, let it let it sink in for a moment. They're going door to door They're trying to find a spot to stay and the best they can get is What we can best perceive is probably a cave where the animals were kept safe from the weather, but it was dank It was separate It had wonderful odors associated with it It was a place where the animals lived and survived in the evenings That's what was left for them. Even though they were going to a place where they are of the lineage of the Messiah. Can you imagine that? I have to admit, we think of it, and there is nothing recorded here about any complaining. Joseph did what he was called to do. But come on, wouldn't he have had a little right? You know what I'm saying? You think you had a rough week. Hey, I found out that the one I'm betrothed to... Turns out that she's with child now i'm told through a dream. It is from god almighty So i'm gonna try to believe that okay But i'm trying to live through that and all the pressure of my family and all the fear that comes with it And i'm trying to deal with that and in the midst of it Mr. Augustus here decides it's time for the census And so now we pack up the mules and here we go day after day after day she's pregnant right? We've got some issues with the travel time. So I'm trying to help her out as we get along and it's taken a bit of time. Come on, we got to get there. We're not going to get a spot if we get there. See, I told you there's no room in the inn. (laughs) right? Think about how this went. I mean, can you imagine the moments of complaining that could have occurred? It's not recorded that way. He gets there and she ends up having the child. And here's the deal. In the midst of all the things that we could view as a bummer, the reality is the almighty of the universe was moving in to have relationship with mankind. Emmanuel, God with us. The prophecy of Micah 5, 2, that Bethlehem would provide a king fulfilled in your family, Joseph. Oh, maybe I shouldn't be complaining about that. It's a moment where God is touching. Trust. Trust him for what he's doing in our lives. There's times where we watch what's happening and we look at what's going on. And I'm telling you, we feel like we are fully justified to just have a little complaining moment. You know what I mean? Just a little bit of moment where I can say, this is is not fair. This is just not right. Do you realize how I be careful. The Almighty is moving. May we trust in him and look to him and know that our sovereign God is at work. That's a call that Joseph had. It's certainly a call we can learn as we look at the details of this passage. You know, I wrote down a couple things here. Top three ways to put down your junk and stop complaining. Okay. Top three ways. Here we go. Is this inspired? Probably not, but it's a nice idea. Top three ways. Recognize what's distracting you. Recognize what's distracting you. You know, there's times where there's, our eyes just keep getting taken off of what God's doing. We keep getting upset. What is it that's getting to you? Recognize it. Identify it. What's getting to you? Recognize what's distracting. Pulling your eyes off of Jesus Christ. Number two, release it to the Almighty. Honestly, i found that this really works. You hold your hands upright. Try it with me. Hold your hands upright. Really hold your hands out, okay? And whatever it is you've just recognized, put it in your hands. What is it that's distracting you? You got it? Now hold it. Hold it in your hands and hold it out to the Almighty God. And simply say, I'm giving this to you, Lord. I release this to you and release it. You'd be amazed how often when we tie our physical movements to what we mentally want to accomplish, we actually get much more resolve in the midst of it. Release it to him. Put it in your hands and let go. Recognize it, release it, and then last, now that your hands are empty, reach for him. Reach out to him. How do you put down the junk? Recognize, release, and reach. It's a great three-step process for getting rid of the stuff of life that constantly distracts. Recognize, release, and reach. Top four signs you haven't done it. Ready? are you ready okay number one complaining yeah you know i can't believe they said that can you believe what they're planning on doing who was the guy who decided to move everybody all over the place why don't you just do the census right where they stand right that moment where we complain about the ding dong next to us maybe not the ding dong next to us here but you know what i'm saying we get into this complaining mode. That's the first indicator. Second, controlling. Oh no, not on my watch. I'm going to make sure this goes another direction. And then you go over and you start talking to so-and-so. You talk to this person. Try to make that happen. Everything's going to be control it so that you don't get wronged. Because it's about my stuff. And I'm not letting go of my stuff. So complaining, controlling judging? You know, sometimes our complaining gets as firm as saying, no, absolutely, they are wrong. We stop whining and we start turning it to, I've decided that you deserve judgment. And we bring it further. We bring the heat higher. Complaining, controlling, judging. And when that stuff doesn't work, we often slip into a a depression. If I can't make it work, if I can't make a change, maybe there's no hope at all. We're trusting in ourselves too much. It's time to set it down, give it over to the almighty God, and let it move in our lives. Oftentimes, a depression can be an indicator that we're trying to deal with all the stuff ourselves, and we've tried every human means possible to get it to change, and we just don't see it changing. And so we slip into this moment of despair. It's just not possible. I guess it just can't be different because I've done everything. Ephesians chapter 3 talks about a God who's got an everything that we've never met before. It's an everything that can blow your mind. It's about meeting Him and His everything, not meeting you and your everything. That's trusting Him with all you've got. We need to be a Joseph that, in the midst of the ridiculous, in the midst of the extreme, in the midst of the heartache and the pain and the hurt and the trouble, we simply say, I'm trusting you, Lord. What great things do you have in store? May I lean on you. What's your thing you need to get rid of? What's the stuff you're holding you need to put down? Are you ready to put it down? Now's the moment. I mean, right here and right now. It's time to just say, Lord, I want to give it to you and step away. It's time to start to go after him. Get your thing and get ready to put it down. That's the first step in actually receiving joy is trust the one who has it under control. Second, seek the one who humbled himself for you. Seek the one who humbled himself for you. This is all about running hard after him. Remember we talked about recognize and release and then reach out to him. This is it. Seek the one. Who humbled himself for you. Let's start in verse 8. It says, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. There were shepherds. In this culture, you would have probably said something like this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field. Shepherds, you know, the ones hanging out with the filthy sheep, the ones who smelled like the ones they were hanging with. The ones who you really weren't very thrilled to shake a hand of when you met them in town. You know what I'm saying? The ones who were kind of like, that's the lowest of the low jobs, and I would really prefer to have a little bit of distance from it. Thank you. The shepherds, they were out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. In verse 9, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with fear. Imagine, imagine. They're on a hillside. You can hear little bits of the sheep here and there as they bah or whatever they do. And it's almost pitch black. There's little dots of light in the sky that are the stars. Some wisps of cloud that you can see here and there. But it is almost pitch black. You can barely see your hand in front of you. And as they sit there quietly and peacefully, bam! The light shines up. The whole place is lit, right? The entire mountainside is lit all around you. And you're like going like this. I mean, it's like this huge stadium lights are shining on you at that moment. And you're going, whoa. And fear fills you. Kind of like, never seen this before. I wonder what this is. You know what I mean? And they're leaning back and they're looking in. That's what's going on. Okay? All too often, we picture the angel we have out in front of our house. You know what I mean? That's got like a 40-watt light bulb in it. That's a problem. That's not what's going on here. Okay. It's blowing them away as they look. And in that moment, there's fear in them. The angel replies, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. In other words, don't worry. It's not about your destruction. I mean, in that moment, that had to be what the angels were thinking. Great. We're dead. I don't know what's going on, but this heavenly thing is coming to us and we're the lowest of the low shepherds. We're dead. Somehow somebody did something wrong. Did you let the sheep into the town? What did you do wrong? One of us has done something wrong. We're in trouble. We're dead. The angel of the Lord has come to visit. Oh no, that's where we're at. They're not thinking, you know, I'll bet he's come to share the secret of the centuries with us. The important shepherds out in the field. We're here To hear about the Messiah. When he thought, I'll share with some people the Messiah is coming, I'll bet he picked us. That's what this one is. This is the Messiah moment, guys. Everybody get excited. That's not what's going on. There's no way they're thinking very highly of themselves or that they get a privilege that is going to blow them away. In this moment, they're sitting before the angel. And the angel has just cast massive fear upon them by his very presence. And then he says, fear not. I have good news and great joy. Those are some nice adjectives, aren't they? Good news and great joy. This is a moment where you don't have to be afraid. Still going to be bright because the glory of God is here, but you don't have to be afraid. It's not going to reduce in intensity around here, but you don't have to worry about your very lives. I'm telling you, good stuff is about to be told. He says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I am telling you this, Savior, I am telling you this, Christ, the Lord, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the One prophesied for centuries. He's here now. That's the good news. I'm telling you, right in your town. Right here, and you can see him, I'm giving you a special invite. As a matter of fact, I'm giving you the secret password, swaddling clothes. <laughs> Nobody else knows this. He's coming humbly. He's coming sacrificially. The Almighty anointed one will be wrapped in little strip cloths and laid where the dog-gone cows are eating. That's where he's at, the manger. Go and find him there. And at that moment, you had to believe that the shepherd simply said, he's like us. He's with the animals and he's in the manger. The anointed one is going to be like us. That's the message. God with us. God looking like us. God feeling like us. God behaving along with us and showing us. What it means to follow God Almighty. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, was here among them and blowing them away. Can you imagine that moment as their hearts began to beat with angst, excitement, nervousness? Did we just hear him say that the prophecies that everybody's talking about? we know the answer. We got to go see this. Three steps to being able to reach out and receive this joy. Three things these shepherds did and that we need to learn to do. You know, if we go back to sermon series, we were walking through John chapters 14 through 16 and Jesus was sharing with his disciples. So it's time after The time of his birth he's sharing with his disciples and he simply said there is guaranteed joy We talked about that one sunday guaranteed joy three steps that we can get from it first he says you need to abide With me Remember the word abide it means I don't care what's going on. I just want to be with you It means I want to hold up my hand. I want to be with you and spend time with you I want to relate to you. You are what it's all about. We need to abide with him When the shepherds heard, they didn't go, oh, maybe we'll go check that out next week. You know what I mean? This was a moment to respond. As we learn about who Jesus Christ is, may we respond. May we abide. May we relate. May we go after a relationship with him that takes priority over everything. We want to receive joy. Abide with him. Second, if we abide with him, then ask what you will and god will give it That's what it actually says in john 15 pray Simply pray now don't get me wrong This doesn't mean go beat the door down demanding your way and when god finally gives you your way You'll have joy. That's not hearing it right. It's this when we abide with him and relate to him He ends up shaping our will to match his as our will matches his will and we begin to pray from our will We're praying his will and he says absolutely. Yes Yes to that. And as we get the yes responses, we know we are walking right in line with him. And there is no joy like that. Abide or stay with him. Pray. And lastly, obey. We're told at the end of John 15, 11 there. Make sure that you follow hard after him. Actions and attitudes. Obey. We want to do this thing where we seek him How do we seek him? How do we reach out to him? How do we begin to embrace this gift of joy? It's simply this. Stay, pray, and obey. That's the three steps. Abide with him. Talk with him and communicate with him. Sharing his will back. And obey with him. Respond to him. That's what it looks like to begin to take that gift to yourself. Seeking him with all you've got. There's no joy like a relationship with the Almighty. Simply put, there is nothing that beats it. Not even the Kohl's deals on Saturday mornings from seven to one. (laughs) Nothing that beats it. We have a chance at relationship with the Almighty. And that's what the shepherds heard that day. You have a chance to meet the anointed one. You have a chance to be utterly blown away. And not many people have this privilege Go hard after him. Set your things down and seek him. Trust and seek. What is it you need to do in order to gain that joy? Stay, pray, obey. Which of the three things do you need to be working on most right now? What do you think? Get a hold of it. We need to go out with a plan of letting go of our stuff and running hard after Him. So, first is trust Him, second is seek Him, and lastly, may we praise the one who is at work in your life. Praise the one who is at work in your life. You would be amazed how often what we put on our lips changes our heart. You put the junk on your lips, it'll change your heart to junk. You know what I'm saying? We talk about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and that's very true. But I'll tell you this, the more you practice putting that junk on your lips, the more your heart goes into the junk. And the more you work on setting it down and going away from it and saying what's absolutely true about our God, the more you praise him and worship him, the more you celebrate him, the more your heart ends up being stopped. And you can end up working backwards into the problem. And we begin to see our heart come around to him. May our lips celebrate who he is. May we praise him. May we lift him up. Let's just start at verse 13 here. Suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. There was with that angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Now remember, it was already pitch black, right? And the one angel lit up the entire hillside. Bam! And now there's not one, there's thousands The whole hillside is lit up with the glory of God Almighty in the heavenly hosts as angel after angel after angel after angel had showed up to simply say this, this message is worth knowing. This message is worth celebrating. I want you to know this. We are pumped about this message. Thousands and thousands of angels came together, lighting up the hillside, simply saying this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among among those with whom he is pleased glory to god in the highest glory to god in the highest angel after angel after angel celebrating that the almighty emmanuel is now god with us amen now that is the christmas story did the angels grasp what was going on yeah i think so they didn't just send one guy i don't know man you do the job we'll we'll just hang back right Thousands upon thousands upon thousands coming to say this message is so worth celebrating. May we understand that God has become fully man and fully God. We serve the almighty Jesus Christ, who is the anointed one, who is God, the son. We serve the anointed come for you and for me. We have a chance to simply say this glory to God in the highest we have a chance to simply celebrate him and say, glory to God in the highest. May we praise him and may we lift him up as we go through the Christmas season and simply reflect on God has come to relate to us. Glory to God in the highest. You know, I'm gonna ask us to do something here. And while I'm doing this, let's just have the worship team and the choir come on back up. While they're coming up, We've got a job to do. We've got a job to celebrate. We have a job to lift praise to God Almighty. We have a job to respond like the angels did when we hear. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read some character traits off about who God is. And after each character trait I read, we need to simply respond, glory to God in the highest. I'm not talking respond like this. Yeah, glory to God in the highest. I'm talking like glory to God in the highest. Give me your voices. We need to lift them up to God Almighty and simply respond. He is amazing by saying glory to God in the highest. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Some traits about our God. He is all knowing glory to God in the highest. He is all powerful glory to God in the highest. He is everywhere at once. Glory to God in the highest. He is holy and righteous. Glory to God in the highest. He is love. And He is mercy. Glory to God in the highest. He is sovereignly in charge of everything. Glory to God in the highest. He is glorious. Glory to God in the highest. He is warm and relational. Glory to God in the highest. He is the ultimate of God's glory to God in the highest. He is perfect glory to God in the highest. He does not change glory to God in the highest. He is knowable glory to God in the highest. He has come for you and me, Emmanuel glory to God in the highest. Joy to the world. The Lord is come.